our feet, and a light to our path, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture passages today come from the books of Amos and the letter to the Thessalonians. In both of these scripture passages, listen for God's special word to you. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion, only to meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall, only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark, without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never-failing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continuing in First Thessalonians. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last but not least, our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. 
And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going to go out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. All of the parables we find in Matthew are confusing. We have spent a lot of time in Matthew's parables this summer, and they are strange, especially the ones about weddings. And I think that maybe that's because weddings are such an ordeal to begin with. They are emotionally charged, full of people, planned for months or years ahead of time, and inevitably, something goes wrong. Every wedding has that moment where something goes wrong. Tim and I got married on the 4th of July, and you can't hear the vows in our wedding video because the neighbors chose to start setting off fireworks at exactly that moment. I officiated an outdoor wedding last fall, and about halfway through the service, a bug stung me right by my eye. And as the service wore on, my eye got progressively puffier and waterier and itchier. My sister's wedding cake had beautiful blue icing that turned everybody's teeth blue for the rest of the reception. (laughs) I have dealt with hungover groomsmen, show-stealing dogs, which was one of my favorite unexpected wedding moments, to be truthful, the stomach flu, which was my least favorite unexpected (laughs) wedding moment, pushy photographers, brides running late, and panicking mothers of panicking Brides, weddings never go quite the way they are supposed to go. And the weddings in Jesus' parables are no exception. But they are parables, so we know we're supposed to learn something from them. They aren't just funny stories to tell your kids someday. But this parable, wow. We have ten women who are sort of like bridesmaids. Their job is to light the path. For the wedding party when they come through, but of course something goes wrong and the groom is running late. And they're waiting at night in the dark and they fall asleep, which is totally understandable. We can't say that falling asleep was their mistake because none of them are faulted for sleeping. They all fall asleep. It was night, so they slept. And when they're awakened by the sounds of the approaching wedding party, five of the women, the ones who didn't bring extra oil, begin to panic because they're afraid their lights are going to go out. Our lamps are going to run out of oil. We're running too low. And this is where things start to go a little haywire for them. You see, five of the women have brought extra oil just in case. They didn't know the wedding party would be delayed. They had no idea to know how much oil they would need, but they brought extra anyway. But when the five who are worried their lamps will go out too soon ask them if they can spare some, 
the ones with more than enough chide the others and send them away to go find more on their own. So instead of taking what they have and hoping that their lamps stay lit long enough or that their shared light as a community will be enough to light the way, they leave to go get more oil and they miss the party. The foolish five are called foolish not because they didn't bring extra that they couldn't have possibly known they would need, but because they struck out on their own instead of relying on the light of the community. The wise ones may be prepared in this story, but they are anything but charitable and anything but compassionate. And in their lack of charity and compassion, because they chose to send the others away rather than share their own light with them, they effectively shut the other five out of the wedding feast. We can't spend too much time trying to identify with the good guys or the good girls in this case because there aren't really any heroes in this story to emulate. Wise in this story does not necessarily mean right. In fact, the Greek can be translated also to well thought out or prudent. It's not a moral judgment in this case, but an unbiased statement of their preparation for the event. None of them could have known the wedding party would be delayed. None of them knew when they would arrive. In this tale, there are those who wander off to find what they need, and those who have what they need and keep it to themselves. One is shut out of the party, and the other could have prevented it and didn't. How often do the prepared or the lucky say too bad to the unprepared or the unlucky rather than sharing our light or umbrella or food or whatever it is? How often are we the reason that others, less prepared as they may be, don't get into the wedding feast? We cannot assume that we are the bridesmaids with more than enough oil, the ones who came extra prepared, and all came with what they thought would be enough oil. We have no idea when the wedding party will come through, or when the doors of the feast will be open to us, or when they will be closed, and that can feel like a long time. And it can be easy to feel like we are going to run out of oil, and therefore don't want to share it, but woe to those who are scared and greedy with their oil, those who prefer to keep it to themselves rather than shed light for those around them. Of course, the five extra prepared women didn't plan on sharing their light or their oil. They didn't expect that five of their companions would not have thought to bring more than they did, but that doesn't change the situation. That doesn't change the fact that their fear shut half of the people out of the feast. We not only don't know how much time we have for ourselves to get in, we don't know how much time anyone else has either. Even when the night is long and we are tired, we have to be prepared with the light for the path. And we have to be prepared to make sacrifices for others, to help those who have less, and to trust that as a community, as a collective, God will give us what we need. They didn't have to have light all night, mind you. They just needed to get one another to the banquet where there was plenty of light. Now this parable is very often seen as referring to heaven. 
We don't know when Jesus is coming back and everything will be redeemed and we're at the giant eternal party, so be ready. And that is certainly a good and acceptable reading of this passage. We have to help everyone get to that banquet by sharing our light, even if they aren't as prepared as we think they should be. But this parable is also applicable to our situation as a congregation right now. It's not just about heaven or Jesus' return or personal salvation. It's also about how to get through the hard times together. Especially when we don't know how long the hard times will last or where we're going to find enough oil to light the path to where we're supposed to be. Yesterday at our church officers' retreat, we talked about how we can share light with each other so that we all make it to the feast. We didn't actually put it in those terms because the connection hadn't occurred to me yet. But that's what we were doing. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about how we can continue to witness to the gospel when we know we are in a tenuous position by way of church size, finance, even energy and people power. Getting older is no joke. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's one way to get Presbyterians to say amen in a church service. But that doesn't mean we jumped into this church thing unprepared. It doesn't mean we just didn't grab an extra flask of oil. And we can't go back and change that now. We can't run off and try to track down the oil dealer to buy more oil at midnight. It's too late for that. We're going to be late to the party. But what we can do is work together with others who still have oil in their lamps. Maybe just a little like we have. Maybe someone with more oil will be more generous than the prudent women in this parable. But without the light of the community and relying on others, we're wandering around in the woods at night, trying to get to town to find someone who happens to be selling oil in the middle of the night. It's a wild goose chase that does not end at the party. Now, one of those ways you all have already figured out to light the path together has been to yoke with St. Andrews. Another is the joint Bible study that we've been, and the special services that we've been sharing with Mount Nebo. Separately, we may appear to be running out of oil, but together we have more than enough light for everyone to see by. And yes, there will be those who say, that's on you not being more prepared for this. Go back and buy more oil. But going back to town is not the way to the party, my dear ones. That is not the direction that hope lies in. Hope lies in sticking together through plenty of oil and through the scary, scrimping times. And where community comes together to work for compassion and for the announcement of God's good news, Jesus shows up, brothers and sisters. Where the community sends people away to go buy oil, or when the community members wander off to try to buy oil at midnight, someone gets left out of the party every time. Jesus will come in our lifetimes, dear ones. Maybe not in the triumphant trumpet blast coming down from heaven, this way, disciples, shouting out kind of way, but Jesus comes to those who are watching and waiting and doing his work. Even when it feels like the oil is running low and nobody has any oil to spare. So therefore, dear ones, let us encourage one another with these words. Amen.